Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Everybody, it's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned into episode 186 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. And I have a special guest riding shotgun with me. I have back for what is it, the third time? Yes, yeah, the third the time. The third time. I got so sassy riding with me. How are you doing? I am alive, right? Isn't that the good thing? That, that That's is, all you yeah. need right now. I'm Absolutely. alive. Um, I'm excited to be back riding shotgun. Yeah, and we're both vaxxed to the max, so here we are. That's right, two shots. Yeah, <laughs> two <laughs> shots to the arm. Here yeah. we go. So how how have you been during this pandemic? Uh, you know, still recovering a little bit from the pandemic. Um, yeah. I think the mental health part of it, uh-huh. it kind of got to me towards the end. I, at the very beginning. Yeah. You just when you realize a how nasty people are, like you just, <laughs> yeah, like, y'all just regular nasty, and then uh-huh. you like sprinkle on top of the fact that like they nasty could kill you, yeah, and yeah. it's like oh I don't know if I'm gonna make it. So working from home, you know, mm-hmm. got laid off, went you know, had my month and a half off to kind of get myself together. Been working since December, yeah, and so now that I'm vaccinated, I feel like I have lost my mind. Like I want to mm-hmm. go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know. People talk about leave your mask on, I don't care what the CDC say, but it's almost like girls gone wild. Like, I want to take the mask and swing around my head. Like, hey, yeah. let's go. What we going? Right, know? there you go. I seen that um, there was a couple articles that's floating around today, uh, like on Omaha World Herald is talking about like stores like Target, Hy-Vee, and uh, Walmart. They're going to start rolling back, uh, you know, the whole mask thing being inside the store. But only thing that I, I kind of worry about, even though I'm vaxxed and uh, you are too, is just, you know, people lying about being vaccinated because you can't ask because it's against HIPAA or whatever, right? It's a HIPAA violation. But, you know, there's so many people who are out here selling fake vaccine cards. And I'm like, if you didn't believe in the virus, why are you getting a fake card? Then? Like, why is it that deep? You yeah. sell a fake card? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I would... That would make sense if maybe you was trying to go overseas with some yeah, business, but exactly even that doesn't seem to make sense to me because if but well um, you know there's a microchip inside the, the vaccine. I know though. that's how we all got our five G. <laughs> exactly, my phone been running great for the last two months. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They need to hurry up and get their microchip. That's uh, why they fought, they called me dropping. Exactly. Go on, get your little five G booster. <laughs> so that way, right? Get System your clear. Right. But no, like that fear of the vaccine is is interesting. I even have family members who. We're like, please don't get the vaccine. It's mm-hmm. got something in there called Lucifer. Yeah. Something. And I was like, you know all the sinning I've been doing? Like, this vaccine, <laughs> this vaccine ain't going to be the one to take me to right. hell. You know? Right. If I'm going, it's going to be a lot of other things on the list. But, exactly. You know, trying to be sensitive to people. My parents got it. Oh, 65 good. year old black people got it come on now yeah that's yeah. the testimony yeah, exactly they was and they was like we got our shot what y'all gonna do uh-huh because they was out and about right so i had uh my uh my grandma's brother-in-law he got his he's like almost 80 so he got mm-hmm. his shot and he was fine and then my big cousin who's like my auntie uh she got her she got both of hers which is fine but uh like we was talking off air like my mama had it and like I said, she was down and out for like two months, but you know, she's just being real hard headed about it. And uh, I'm like, you know how hard it hits you, mm-hmm. you know, why not get the shot? And I'm fine. Everybody around her fine. Like my wife, she got the uh, Johnson & Johnson one, you know, the one and done. And oh. it made her a little bit tired, you know, a couple of days later. But other than that, she's been fine. Mm-hmm. So it's like people around her is getting the shot, but you know, she ain't getting it and my, my grandmama ain't getting it. And I'm just like, all right, y'all just like to stay masked up then when y'all out in public. Right, it's too much of a risk. Too well, much, too and much. that Johnson Johnson, somebody posted something. They said, I ain't never trusted Johnson Johnson since they told me shampoo <laughs> <laughs> was tear free. Yeah. So when that mug came out, I was like, okay, who is lining up for Johnson Johnson? 
thing. You know, what was crazy is uh, it was a uh, OPS. You know, they had a uh, clinic. Yeah, and they just got all the teachers who wanted to sign up. Listen, yeah, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Let me tell you what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, good. good and doggone well. They're just gonna put that Johnson Johnson on the east side of town. Yeah, we yeah, knew it. We exactly. Knew it. I knew yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They ain't fooling nobody. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad the missus is good though. I'm yeah, glad she didn't have to come out. Mm-hmm. with all those side effects but. right yeah and she got asthma really bad so she was she was like all right i'm gonna just get this shot i knew that i wasn't gonna do, deal with that johnson and johnson one just because i seen that it was like 55 percent effective but 82. it's a, like it yeah, wasn't enough yeah, it wasn't high enough for me yeah then it but it it was like i think it was like 90 some percent that you won't be hospitalized but i'm just like you know what i'll do moderna or pfizer and then hy v was doing the pfizer one i was like all right let me get my ass in line and do that one yeah. and what was crazy like i said before on the podcast um i got vaccinated back in was it april or whatever and this is when the frontline workers or whatever could do it so we had to have like a certified letter from our job mm-hmm. and stuff like that saying that i was a truck driver and, and food supply and all this other shit but when i put in my zip code on that hy v website uh, nothing popped up in my area so I had to put in a, 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 a Millard zip mm-hmm. code then all of a sudden all these stores all these West O stores and Miller stores they had all these these openings for vaccines yeah. so I was just like that's, that's, a, that's a little fucked up because there's so many people who work in food services even if you're flipping burgers or driving a truck you right there you know right. what I'm saying yeah, I thought that was real shady and uh, super shady. Yeah, when I went out there, I was the only dark spot out there. I had to go out to that 180th and key. Pause. Pause. Yeah, you <laughs> dark spot. You yeah. blended it real well for like half of half the line until they saw the front. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but I was only I was only black person out there and only person of color out there. It was just. It was just nothing but white folks lined up getting their shot. And that just, and I, I was telling my friends and stuff like that who also qualified for that front line. I'm like, yeah, you need to put in one of them Miller zip codes, like 68132 or something like mm-hmm. that, or 68106 or something like that. But You know, for as hard as they making it for mm-hmm. us to get, yeah. you in my head, I'm like, it's got to be effective if they're not yeah. trying to help us get the, but you know. Exactly. And there were so many stories when those vaccines first started rolling out with the Biden administration where um governors were were diverting it away from Mm -hmm. the inner city quote unquote and out to these affluent areas or these rural areas that they were saying that was hit the hardest but i'm like you made black folks and hispanics the face of covid Right. right, but when it came to the vaccine, it's like, nah, it's hitting r- rural areas first. I'm like, fuck out of here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very shady. That's when I knew that it wasn't something like a microchip in there or something else. Like that's when I'm getting the vaccine. Right. Because yeah. they're giving it to yeah. everybody yeah. out west. Exactly. Everybody and they 5G is fine. So exactly. I don't know what the. <laughs> exactly. Why do they need the 5G? Right. Shot? That don't make sense to me. Exactly. Exactly. But um, speaking of 5G, uh, 50 Cent was here. 50 Cent was here in uh, at High V uh, signing bottles of his liquor and his champagne, and then he was also brought to a golf club, golf course here, and he had like a dinner and shit. And this was like the weirdest thing ever for me because if this was like 2003, 2004, I would have been in line. But it's 2021, and you know maybe if power was still on, you know like I, regular power. Listen. But. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan. I might just get caught up in the beat on some of his songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was like, first of all, why are you going to High V? Yeah. High V in Omaha, Nebraska. Like, you couldn't go find a club or something, you know, throw a little impromptu concert. Yeah. Like, he came out in a pandemic to sell a $300 bottle of liquor. Uh huh. Yeah, and he signed them, which was cool. And I seen a few of my friends had pictures with him. Uh, but the weirdest thing I saw was a Facebook Live video of him at the golf course. And, you know, black folks was dressed to the nines. And like we were saying off air, uh, my man had on jeans and a horse hoodie, you know, with a bunch of stallions on it. And I was like, that's what money gets you. You know right. what I'm saying? That freedom to just be like, eh, it's Do a whatever. nice dinner, but fuck it. I'm wearing sneakers and jeans and a hoodie with horses on it. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's wild. Yeah. I mean, I saw some of the footage. I, I honestly didn't even realize who it was. Somebody had put the live on, and they were in line, and everybody started screaming when someone walked in. And uh-huh. I, it took me two seconds to. So I heard someone was like, "Fitty," and I yeah. was like, "Fitty." And then I saw that like Bill Cosby looking sweater. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. But I mean, he's got a bit of a track record for being, yeah, kind of an asshole. I mean, it uh-huh. works. It works for him, whatever he got going on. But I. 
the three hundred dollar bottle of liquor. That ain't. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I didn't know he was that short because some of my homeboys took pictures <laughs> with him, and I, and I and I was like, oh, I would look like a giant next to him. But it's just, I guess, his camera angles. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, there was a uh, my homeboy uh, Julio. He took a picture with him. My homeboy Julio. He's probably like, I think he's probably about five. 10 5 9 5 10 and he was like towering over 50 and i was just like really? god damn and i was like okay he I was like bent down that. to be like head to head with him so he didn't look like he was towering <laughs> over him i was like oh it's a little dude like, okay. <laughs> it'd be the 50 you yeah know? yeah a little buff dude yeah i don't yeah. know man i think it was interesting though i i saw a couple people on my timeline they'd go out there and get some bottles and uh-huh. I was, again i didn't understand but i guess it was for their kids or yeah somebody yeah. i mean yeah. was it a big crowd because what i saw on facebook yeah it was like maybe 150 people yeah I, I know they said he stayed a couple hours later to continue to um you know keep signing and shit like that so i i don't know how many showed up but i was just shocked that you know that so many people were excited about it and i was just like like if this was you know like the get richard die trying era when he was you know right. linked up with dre and eminem and you know shady records and all that and g unit was popping i would definitely be there you know in my g unit sneakers and my you know <laughs> that, them, them, them brazier wife beaters that they used to be wearing yeah yeah i would rock that but I was like, nah, it's 2021. I was like, yeah, I gotta work. You know? Right. Like, right. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pay for these camp fees. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna hold off on this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not about to drop that much on a bottle. You know, I, I'm good. I'm good with my little $40 bottle of Henny C. You know? Right. So I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. And I just if I'm hurting out. dollars shooter. Yeah, the yeah. Shooter, the $3.99. Right, that's, right. That's all I need. Yeah, and if I'm hurting that bad and I can't get the Henny, I'll just get some crown. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a free bag. Right. Too, you know? just so, trying to sip on, at the end of the night we're exactly. not trying to get you know toe yeah. up on the thursday exactly i ain't trying to impress nobody but let's talk about uh this gas shortage in the southeast so uh i don't everybody named mama private seeing it um so due to that hack of that pipeline down south uh it was pretty much leaving the pumps dry but it wasn't it really because of that it was because of people panicking i've mm-hmm. seen people filling up uh totes I've seen people uh, filling up bags, and uh, it's just uh, people that lost their damn minds. Luckily, it didn't hit us at all. Right. You know, so. But it sounds like because um, they paid the ransom. Uh-huh. So it's like, it's just a matter of time. They're like, well, now that we know you're going to pay for it, yep. you know, they're just going to try and strike wherever. But I have friends in Atlanta, uh-huh. and um, they, luckily, they, they, um, it's my friend and her boyfriend, but luckily they live together. They work in the same place. Oh, nice. And so they don't have to drive very far and, you know, they kind of mm-hmm. carpool. Mm-hmm. And so they were saying, you know, they finally had just went and got gas after a few days and that they were still trying to having a hard time finding spots to get gas. Mm-hmm. Um, that a lot of gas stations were still closed because they just didn't have any. So mm-hmm. I honestly, I didn't even pay attention to you know, of course, Facebook. Somebody yeah. in Baltimore was like, "Yo, it's <laughs> a line around." I was like, "For some gas?" Yeah, yeah. I had to go out uh, myself and just be like, "Let me just get a little bit of gas, just right, in case." Right, right. Trying to figure out what the whole story is. Yeah, but. once I seen that hack happen, I filled up me and my wife's tanks. I was just like, "I'm gonna just fill up," but right. I mean, I, I got a, you know, I got a um, like a five gallon jug or whatever in back in my shed for my my lawnmower. I'm like. Hits the fan, we'll just fill up her Prius. Right. You know, we'll be good, you know. <laughs> you know? So, Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, so we'll be all right, you know. Y'all been driving that same taking gas yeah. for the last three weeks. Yeah, and that's the good thing about her car because it is no matter how high gas goes up, I, we, we never went over like 25 bucks filling up that tank. So. <laughs> well, I mean, fine. I looked at it like we run out of gas. Maybe that's the Lord telling me I need to take some time off. Yeah. I think I need to yeah. rest. Yeah. What? You can't go to work? Yeah, enjoy you can't yourself. Make it. Yeah. Like, doing it for the community right i'm gonna right. i'm gonna not waste my gas driving to this job i'm gonna stay home stay exactly home. you can work home, work from home with your 5g from the vaccine right so, yeah <laughs> my yeah. wi-fi ain't never been better <laughs> exactly right <laughs> right streaming any and everything but um it looks like um it looks like they're supplying the um southeast now there is just getting back online since that hack you know just knock them offline it wasn't an actual shortage it was just like a stoppage you know mm-hmm. so that's good so hopefully people don't be out here you know still acting a fool but it was just crazy to see how people you know react when you know during a 
uh, I guess, you know, you call this another uh, emergency or something like that. I wouldn't call it a pandemic because it's just gas. But panic. How, yeah, panic, how they just, you know, hoard stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like you're not even thinking about your fellow man. I saw one guy filling up one of those big, like, watering containers mm-hmm. or whatever in the back of his truck, and that thing had to be... Had to be about a good, I don't know, 60, 70 gallons or something like that. Now, let's be honest. It's not that they're not even thinking about their fellow man. They ain't thinking about their own asses. Because you saw a couple of stories where people, their cars blew up, caught on fire, you know, all that just nonsense. And it's kind of one of those things. So, when I was, when 9-11 happened, Uh I was... Um, I was in college, and so the college that I went to wasn't far from where they housed the B-52s mm-hmm. and the, you know, Whiteman Air Force Base. And so um, we they they put us into shutdown anyway because we had so many military. Yeah. Then the base was shut down, and so all that was going on. And we kind of started thinking, um, like, okay, what if they know, like, the B-52, you know, or, yeah. uh, the, the, the everything's over here, uh-huh. and, like, they shut us down. And yeah. then the next thing we know... They had started price gouging, mm. and we were only an hour from Kansas City. Wow! But you know, you college student, you make it five fifteen an hour. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we was like, yes, it's like seven dollars, y'all. How are we gonna get home? And right, it's like, right, right, right. Uh, we, I guess, we just gotta live here now. Like, uh, you know, that panic. I can, I can feel it. I can see it and mm-hmm. understand what they went through. But still, I'm not feeling up. Yeah. I'm not feeling up. You know, the Kool Aid picture with gas. Exactly. Try, yeah, like, yeah. Risking your life. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna let the Lord do His work. When exactly. You say I need to host them. Host. Yeah, and that's how I felt about kind of like the pandemic. I was kind of getting down and I really couldn't see friends and things like that. But then it was just like I felt like the pandemic hit to make everybody just slow down and and just realize what was important. You know what I'm saying? So it was just reading, surfing the web and just kind of working on stuff around the house and things like that. But it was I felt like it was a much needed break. And I hate that we lost so many people, but, you know, it was because of the poor response to the pandemic and people politicized it you know what yeah. i'm saying how do you politicize a virus but it really just made everybody kind of focus on what was important and just kind of slow the fuck down because i know i was so wrapped up in my job and just making money you know working all this overtime and stuff like that and then when the pandemic hit it was just like oh like let me just slow the fuck down and enjoy my people you know what right. i'm saying enjoy my little household and things like that and just check on everybody and just make sure everybody's doing okay so i mean that's the main thing that I really kind of took from it so yeah I think being able to slow down was Mm -hmm. important Uh, for me as well I think the thing that I probably took in more was the fact that once things do open back up Mm -hmm. I need to be more social because I was so comfortable with myself and my bubble Uh and I think my excuse for not going out and being social was the fact that I was like oh I got I'm I'm doing you know my son you know doing this that Uh and other but it's really like I just don't want to deal with you motherfuckers like that's you know but it's like okay now that it's gotten to a point to where I haven't been social for well over a year like you know once we come through this and as mm-hmm. we're you know we're pre-post pandemic mm-hmm. to hopefully get out and be more social but i did appreciate being able to rest and even yeah. my son working mm-hmm. from you know he was remote mm-hmm. and then he did the three two like yeah he missed his football season mm-hmm. um which you know that really hurt his heart yeah. you know but his grades were amazing because mm-hmm. he's in honors classes so he had all this time and like yeah to actually focus yeah, yeah and so and not be worried about yeah. yeah, so yeah, I think it even game. gave him like time to like reset because mm-hmm. you know, you know he he, I think he missed you know his first half of fresh last half of freshman year, first mm-hmm. half of sophomore year was all at home. Yeah, and so you know just kind of making that transition from middle school to high school, mm-hmm. and then like okay, I've got my taste of high school now. I got to tighten up to make sure I do high school the way it's supposed to be done, and like yeah. get all my grades and stuff. So. I think I was grateful for him to have that experience. Yeah. Um, because now here we are back in the swing of things. He did travel football, you know, seven on seven with Florida, mm-hmm. and now he, and even between there, he was doing track. Yeah. And so now he's starting to feel like that pace, like okay, everything's picked up. Like I've been gone three mm-hmm. weekends out the last month. And yeah. Like okay, I gotta get the, you know, and so trying to get him to kind of. It allowed him to reset but get ready because he's going off to college. My baby going to college. I don't know what y'all y'all gonna yeah. see. Y'all gonna yeah. see us a picture. He gonna be holding up somebody's jersey. You know yeah. he's worked so hard academically and athletically. That's dope. That I really want him to 
feel good about going into the experience. And I think not being, if he had not had had the chance to rest mm-hmm. and re up yeah. to kind of kick it back into gear again, mm-hmm. I don't know if he would still be having fun. Yeah. If he would be looking at like wanting to change the pace on. So I'm, gotcha. I'm grateful for that, that moment for him to rest and kind of compare and mm-hmm. reevaluate because he's a smart kid. I yeah. love him so much. Yeah. I do. He's my baby. Yeah, good, good kid. Very good kid. All right, um, let's see what else we got on that good old summer damn jam screen. Um, let's see, the last thing we got. So the government, the FDA, is planning on banning cigarettes, but they're moving in a very anti-black way. I feel like it. I know it's a good thing, <laughs> but it feels very anti-black because this first wave, I don't even know if there's going to be an additional wave, but they're planning on banning flavored cigars and, of all thing, uh, all things, menthols. <laughs> Why can't we just let black people be Okay so pause Let me say I, I read this and I was like Dang why they gotta mess with the menthols You know the cigarettes yeah, ain't nobody yeah, yeah. hurting nobody uh-huh. But then I had to dig in Right yeah. you know every, we take everything on face value I dug yeah. in a little bit and so I saw that the group That was advocating for it It is um I think it is like an african-american yeah it's black folks yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. they were really trying to you know look at you know what are the health disparities in mm-hmm. terms of um how is this affecting black people and so to me after i read it it made sense yeah um me being a rebellious asshole that i am i'm like man why are y'all fucking up? like i only drink i don't you know yeah, yeah, yeah. i can't get drunk drunk like, yeah let yeah me, let me you know have my little menthols but uh-huh. i don't smoke like that anymore but yeah. i do remember the fun and Mm-hmm. And I read it, they were like, um, it makes it smoother. And I was like, it did make it smoother when I learned how to smoke. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's one of those it things that where... that cooling sensation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I did. I, and I learned how to smoke with a black and mild. Uh-huh. Yeah. 18. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's that, you messing up an experience for another kid. And it's like, well, that's the point, dummy. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 it's you yeah, one yeah. yeah, that's why I just felt like I was on the offense about it. But yeah, the, the, the group that we're talking about is uh, the Center for Black Health and Equity. That's the group. Um, and it was uh, was the executive director is a brother named Del Monte Jefferson. That's a black ass name, for right? Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I I know that you know a lot of black folks smoke like a chimney, but it's just due to stress. And where's that stress coming from? You know, it, uh, everything, yeah, yeah right. everything, left, yeah, right, you know, down, and you know, up. So the system of racism, white supremacy, just it does a number on you from your job to you know uh, your social life, and it's you know it's a stress reliever. But I see what's so fucked up about you know about smoking like a chimney and things like that. But I just feel like this first wave, it just feels very uh, anti-black to me. I just I just have an issue with that because everybody. Like my mama, she used to smoke like a chimney. Her her go to was a cool mile one hundreds. That's all she had. I remember it being a kid and lighting them shits on the stove. And then my OG, her uncles, my great uncle, uh, he used to uh, smoke them too. And I used to light them on the stove for him. He always gets mad at me because I'd be burning like half of it. But I'm like, dude, I'm like six. Right. Like, yeah. I'm not even supposed to be <laughs> yeah. like a cigarette. Yeah. And I remember uh, going. This is before they made it. You know, to be eighteen. Uh, to buy cigarettes I used to just go to the Jitney stand and buy Lucy's for my mom mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like I'd be uh, walking home from uh, King Elementary well it was King Primary Center at the time stopped by the Jitney stand grab a couple of Lucy's for it and I'd give me a bag of chips and, uh, <laughs> and a soda you know <laughs> so uh, you know I just I don't know it's just and then the whole uh, flavored cigars I mean that's just for the weed smokers you know what I'm saying really? nobody is just sitting up smoking like a vanilla orange cigarello you know what I'm saying they, they, they busting it down and right. uh, you know what I'm saying it's putting some grams in, in there you right know? you know it's like ain't nobody just sitting up smoking it unless you just down bad you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> like you can't buy a Lucy for cheese they just like you know let me just get this two pack you right. know what I'm saying so, yeah yeah it's because you just want to you know blow out some smoke but ain't nobody just smoking it like that though mm. yeah. well you know it's I went back I had to look at it again because I was like yeah. okay why they fooling with black people? It's always mm-hmm. us. Leave us alone. At the same time, we also need to try and take care of us, mm-hmm. take care of ourselves better. Yeah. And then one of the things they mentioned, it was like, you know, are we putting more 
of an enforcement focus on black people because we yeah. know that they are the primary users of those type of those types of um, tobacco products. Yeah. And so one of the things they talked about it was that the regulation was going to be based towards the distri- the, the distributors uh-huh. and manufacturing. And yeah. so, you know, it's it's just one of those things where you know we've had Eric Gardner who mm-hmm. died. Yeah. Yeah, he choked out. Yeah, because he was selling Lucy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like selling, so, yeah. you know, I see where the fear is, and I see where we need to. I see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like that's concerned, like we're always regulating something when it comes to black people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but at the same time, like we've also been targeted, so it's kind mm-hmm. of a two-sided thing. Like you know, once they realize how well it worked, how mm-hmm. how the marketing worked with it, and mm-hmm. how well we latched onto it they just did it more yeah so it'll be interesting to see how it roll out i think it's like two or three years yeah it's a couple they, years before yeah so, so y'all better stock up exactly it's like that uh what was that Chappelle skit with the reparations <laughs> and uh old boy pulled up in that newport truck and that uh, white reporter was like oh you're still working your job and he was like no i bought this straight cash <laughs> <laughs> it was a whole it was a whole truck of newports and that's where that i'm rich bitch right. want. that's him hitting the horn on the truck <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, people are going to start stocking up. Um, but like you were saying uh, on that point, I just hope there's not any anti-black targeting, you know what I'm saying, with laws and things like that. Like, um, you know, maybe they start legalizing marijuana, then all of a sudden the cop pulls you over, oh, I smell menthols, you know what I'm saying, right, some shit no, like that. That's not, so, or, it's not for us. Yeah, we, or, The law yeah. is against manufacturing, exactly, not exactly. against us having it, because you yeah. could have bought it. Uh-huh. I just hope that, you know... Once we start getting closer to that that end date of manufacturing them and people start hoarding them, I don't want it to turn into, you know, people getting like petty tickets and shit like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, okay, cool out. But what's the next wave after that? Are we just going to, are we going to start banning them goddamn wild horse cigarettes? You know, the uh, Paul Malls, you know, the Marlboros. <laughs> are we going to move that way? I haven't heard the next the wave, you know? Stage? Yeah. I can't stand the, yeah, I can't yeah, stand the strong ass. Yeah. I mean, we going to, I mean, is that the next wave? I haven't seen anything else about it. This is the only thing that I've seen. I was trying to see if there's a second wave of banning, you know, all tobacco products. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll Hopefully see. Hopefully they'll legalize cannabis by then. Yeah. Or at least that D2, was it Delta 8? Uh-huh. That Delta 8 cannabis can can get the open, the yes, the okay. Because mm-hmm. if we look at it, part of it was the stress, right? A lot of people start smoking because of the stress of it. Um, and it's like, what's the extreme? Yeah. You do... You know, cigarettes, do you go to a doctor, deal with that anxiety, or can you use cannabis, can you use, you know, the Delta 8, you know, what, yeah, what are the options to replace it? Because still, you have this behavior, like you've got the smoking sensation, that secession that needs to happen uh-huh. um, with this. And so what is, what does the next step look like? Because, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's being used for a purpose, but now we have to help all these people who used it as a bad habit try and help him make the switch make the change right hopefully yeah we'll see yeah all right so i'm gonna leave it to my nigga hove hove what you gotta say well, don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen i smoke rocks i smoke rocks all right so moving on to selling hope like damn dope we are going to talk about oh i gotta thank tyrone biggins for that lovely intro sorry about that um <laughs> so we're going to talk about black faces and white reboots faces um and then also black producers you know making black trauma movies and series um like them and the underground railroad so first off we gotta talk about these black faces and white re- reboot spaces so the wonder years is getting a re- reboot that will focus on a black family back in the 60s and is actually executive produced by Fred Savage via like Lee Daniels um, production company. Um, I don't think we need this. I don't either. And they said the <laughs> 60s in Alabama. And yeah. I was like, do we not have enough uh-huh. movies and, yeah. and TV shows and examples? Like, I understand we want to elevate black voices, but... Mm-hmm. It, at some point it just feels like black people put them on yeah, right yeah yeah and so i i would be interested to see it 
I would be interested in seeing this reboot if it had a different spin to it. Like maybe it was a, a black family that was from Alabama that then you know you know went up north, uh-huh. or you know maybe from a small town to a more urban or urban to rural. Like yeah, if it had a different spin. But right now, the way it's kind of being laid out, it's mm-hmm. like we've seen it before. Yeah, uh, my my whole issue is. Is um you know rebooting like white shows or white characters and making them black? Yeah. That that it, to me it just it shows like like we're fighting for acceptance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in a white space and like you got the Batwoman show on the CW is now a black woman. You know what I'm saying? I would there's other characters that are black women. Just give them a show. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's an actual show yeah, yeah. that was written yeah. for black people. Yeah. That no one's ever heard of before. Yeah, exactly. Like you could put that on. Yeah, and that's that's what I would love to see is just more black series with black writers and producers and just original black stories. You know right. what I'm saying? Not putting, you know, black folks in a white spaces, even though we have to maneuver through those spaces in real life, but you know, just a black ass show. Yeah, because yeah. we don't Trust me, there's more than enough talent uh-huh. out there, right? Very talented people. Give them a chance. Like, yeah. put their shows on. Give them a couple, you know, episodes. But this just seems super easy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm happy to see black people working. Yeah, Anytime yeah, get that bread. Get that bread. Right. I just wish there's so much more that we can do. Yeah. So even with the, you know, yeah, it's a catch-22. It, it is. It is. I just... Like I said, I just want to see some original black ass stories. Like Insecure was fire, right? They're they're going to lead into their last season, which sucks, but right. it's, it was a black ass show. It was dope, you know what I'm saying? And it, it was it was specific, yeah, right? Specific. She didn't yeah. need to. She had Issa had no desire to make it to where it fit everybody. Exactly. It was and, her experience. And what I loved about that is uh, and Atlanta on uh, FX that was good too. They only had two seasons. I don't know what the hell they did doing. I, yeah. I think Atlanta has a third season coming, but yeah. they told they at the end of season two, mm-hmm. they did say it was gonna be a big gap yeah. because of other projects that Yeah. And that uh the brother Brian Tyree Henry, he's in everything. Like I, he's getting paid. Listen, I'm just gonna bring it out there. <laughs> yeah. I got a crush on him. I don't even yeah. know why. <laughs> like, he's in a, a pretty good Netflix movie that uh me and the wife just watched this past weekend with uh Amy Adams and um the brother from the Marvel movies, um, Anthony Mackie. Mm-hmm. And it's like Amy Adams is like a recluse. She has like agoraphobia. Oh, and, uh, the yeah. woman in the window. Yeah, yeah. That was actually really good. Is yeah, it? yeah. And he, uh, Brian Tyree uh, Henry, he plays a detective in there. So, okay. yeah, yeah, it's good. It's the good. Nico Five Piper Boy Bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cause... exactly. He getting that bag. But like those two shows, what, what I was going to say, going back to my point, is what I loved about those shows is it was just, even though it was just black as fuck. They didn't explain black culture to non-black audience. You At know all. what I'm saying? Like, um, there's so there's a new show on HBO Max with Michael Che. You know who does the Weekend Update mm-hmm. on Saturday Live? Damn yeah. that damn Michael Che. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm watching it, and it's like a. It kind of reminds me of like a Chappelle reboot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like some of the skits are pretty similar. Like he has like a junkie comes in and talks to the class, kind of like on some Tyrone Bigham shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's talking about like hoes or whatever, how they ruined his life. And I'm like, okay, that's funny. But the thing is. Like in between skits, like Michael Che is like explaining black culture. I'm like, nah. nah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't, that's, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like just let the skits run. You know, right. if you want to talk about, you know, what inspired you to do that, that's cool. But he's like literally explaining black culture to non black people. And it's just like, they'll get it. If they don't, they don't. You and they don't want to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's not everything is for everybody. It, it, that's true. That's true. You know, and so I think it, it goes back to what you said, just trying to find that acceptance in all these different storylines. Yeah. And I do, while we're talking about uh, Michael Che, um, mm-hmm. Sam J okay. has a talk show coming out too. Okay. On um, HBO. And so she, mm-hmm. obviously, black woman, queer, yeah. you know, so that's a whole nother area that's coming out, but it's original to her in terms mm-hmm. of what 
her conversations look like. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. So okay. but you're right. Like there's all these different opportunities and examples, but here we are about to do a Fred Savage. Yeah, a Wonder Years reboot with right. just black folks in Alabama in the '60s. Like I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that special episode. You know right. what I'm saying? Where there's no jokes. <laughs> Somebody's got to. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, black so. has just covered that for us uh-huh. for the last what. Four or five years uh, yeah. of trying to explain things. Yeah, and which... that's that. I, I couldn't stand black. It's like the actual like like the writing is decent, but just how they verbatim is explaining the whole episode mm-hmm. is just like people will get it. Like so, part of that I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give them a pass because I can mm-hmm. see it from the perspective of it's a family show, so you yeah. got kids. Uh huh. Little black kids, right? Yeah, that yeah. are watching it, and uh-huh. they've seen these things. And I'll be honest, my generation probably hasn't been the best uh-huh. on making sure we raise our kids to be black as fuck, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, my yeah. mom had us. Yeah, we had to go to the African Center School. Uh-huh. We, yeah. you know, we did Juneteenth. We yeah. did Kwanzaa. We did it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, not necessarily being able to share that info to my son. So uh-huh. I appreciated him being able to see it in blackish as yeah. it's being explained. And I always saw it as. Them explaining it to other black people. Okay. But also, probably with that, the back of my head, like, it's also for the white people they want to watch too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll give them a pass because a lot of it, you could see it, like, they wanted to explain it to their kids who uh-huh. weren't quite yeah. getting the, the, the chocolatey yeah, 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 of, yeah. of blackness. So yeah. I'll give them a pass on that one. But yeah. if, if they're going to do Wonder Years reboot, um, please bring back Winnie. <laughs> like just give me the old wonder years like yeah. i want to see him grown like yeah we could have did that yeah that right been dope yeah. because instead of calling this a wonder years reboot you could just call it a totally different show like exactly that that, that <laughs> could have been it that could have been it but um yeah we'll see what what happens with it and then let's um just talk about briefly um black producers and uh filmmakers getting in on this whole black trauma porn thing that we're seeing like the show them i tried to watch that and uh, i actually watched the last episode um and i was just like oh this doesn't make sense like all this shit these black folks were going through in this white neighborhood and then you watch the end and you're just like oh we're trying to blame white supremacy on um being like possessed by the devil like nah like that's a cop out like all this hell these black folks caught right and that 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 was the end like oh the white people were possessed by evil entities but but so i don't do horror yeah in any way my psyche's weak i'll pass out if i see something that's too scary and so but i did for the research go in and try and kind of read into this and get some more info Mm -hmm. on it and i was like yo i don't even think like even if i was into horror, like this is super traumatic like some of the things they were talking about um and even getting into like the underground railroad where they have Somebody actually posted snippets of it, and I, I think I, I couldn't even get past the screenshot of the, uh-huh. of the slave being burned yeah. alive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? Yeah. Like, yeah. we know the horrific conditions and things that were done. Exactly. Like, do you need that full, like, do you need to tell it like that? And so I think they were giving, I think it's a very... Jenkins, I yeah, think. Barry Jenkins, yeah, yeah. You know, I think they were trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, although they didn't really give me the benefit of the doubt. Anyway, no, and that hurts them. Uh, yeah, 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 them, yeah. And um, I, I, um, Oprah tweeted out, and I, I forgot to send you the link when I emailed you the show notes. She was talking about you have to watch Underground in uh, pieces because it's so tough to watch. I'm like, I don't want to watch do that, right? in pieces because it's so <laughs> traumatic. Like that's Who is it for? Yeah, exactly. That's the question. It's like, exactly. who, is it, who yeah. is it for? Because we know the story. Most people know, most black folks know their Absolutely. history of, you know, being here enslaved ancestors and such, but it's like, why don't we tell those stories of, like, the hidden heroes, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the, the abolitionists or the, um, the Seminoles who were down there in Florida, which was a mix of, you know, traditional natives and black, free black folks, you know, fighting off the U.S. government. Why, why don't we show these heroic stories, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, we need to start doing that. It's just so much of, you know, plantationism and just showing black folks getting the shit beat out of them, called every name in the book, and it's just like, what does that do to the psyche? You know what I'm saying? Seeing shit like that. Well, at this point, like, 
we see it still. And yeah. so, yeah. again, who is it for? Yeah. You know, do we need to educate those non persons of color, mm-hmm. non black people, at the cost of traumatizing black folks? Right, yeah. even more. And so, no. <laughs> I, right, like how can we tell the story? Because there's enough pictures out there. If you take yeah. some of the pictures of the different lynchings and uh-huh. the different murders, yep. if you take those pictures and then you make it into color, yeah. instead of black and white, trying to make it seem like it was forever ago, but exactly. you make it into color, that can get the same point across. Exactly. So I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to be a true creative mm-hmm. mind and to uh, trying to understand it, but I can't watch it. I, there's, I still, um, what is it? Oh, what's the one that just had about Fred Hampton? Oh, um, Judas, and, Judas the Black- and the Black Messiah. That was actually really good. I'm sure it's good, but it just it's so much anxiety to, it, to it know is, that that is. interaction is going to come between yeah, Black people and, and it's, it's so brutal of how they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're going to watch it or not, but I'll just tell you. It was just, uh, they actually drugged him, mm-hmm. and then he fell asleep, and then when the police raided, they, they killed him in his sleep, shot him up in his sleep. Mm-hmm. And it was just so... To me, the movie was so well done because you felt anxiety on both sides. You're like, damn, I know Fred Hampton gonna get killed. And you felt bad for the informant. Like, you know, he was a rat ass piece of shit, Mm -hmm. you know, but how he got caught up is he was, you know, still in cars and then the feds snatched him up for some COINTELPRO shit. Mm -hmm. You know, like, we need you to infiltrate the Panthers or you're going to prison for uh still in his car and he would fake like he was actually like an fbi agent himself he had a fake badge he would go around you mm. know stealing cars and selling them to chop shots and shit like that and i just i would just like if i was in that position i'm like i'm just gonna do my time right like, I, I can't, can't you know take I'm nobody not, else yeah, out I'm with me yeah dismantle a whole movement right and, and then target somebody exactly yeah, yeah. That, that didn't do anything to me yeah and um that's why he killed himself the uh yeah he, he just couldn't live with that he did like one interview in like 89 and uh then he uh ran out in the traffic and got hit because he, he, he it was just so much on him and i was just like and then he was staying with his uncle and his uncle said that he tried many times before to kill himself but it just wasn't successful because it just fucked with him so much and i'm like i would rather do time than to just live with that guilt of knowing that i took out you know, one of the most influential Panthers in right. history. You know what I'm saying? And I stopped the movement right then and there, you know. Right. For what? To save my own ass. Yeah, to save my own ass. It's yeah. just like, damn, you could have did them little three to five and came home and been cool. You know right. what I'm saying? And yeah. Sorry. My son tried to take my black card because I was like, I can't watch it. He was yeah. like, you can't watch it. <laughs> son, you have to understand. It, it's tough. It's a tough my watch. Subconscious. I'm already, I already got anxiety just, uh-huh. you know, in life, period. But yeah. So I don't know, but we'll see how well these these come out. The reviews, mm-hmm. I've seen, I've read the reviews on yeah. them and the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. Some have gotten great reviews. Yeah. Um, I think it's when it's being looked at critically from yeah. other black people, we like, mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other people are like, it's amazing. It, yeah. Story yeah, and then you have to look at who's, who's reviewing it, too, you know. It's yeah. Like, yeah. But can we just, like, do a documentary? Like, do, you know, yeah. something. Like, yeah. just stop trying to, like, hurt us even more at the, you know, it, put it, us it, at the expense of telling us. It, it's too much to watch. And, um, like I said, at the end of them, I didn't appreciate them trying to put it on, like, an evil entity. And I'm just like, no, that's, that's really not how it works. Like, you just kind of, you know, absolving them of the actual how society how societal the racism was you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying how it was just a way of life but you're like oh they're all possessed nah right because then racism, who takes the accountability exactly. right exactly you were just possessed with white supremacy that's yes, it. yeah that's exactly what it is yeah. you need to be accountable for your actions absolutely absolutely um, well and i think they also what was um so I, I uh, was a Lovecraft Country. Yeah. So I actually liked that one. It uh-huh. was more sci-fi. Yeah. Than horror. So I saw yeah. a couple episodes of that, and I uh-huh. felt like they yeah. did that a lot better. Yeah, I, I liked it too. Uh, the first episode was raw. I was like, okay, yeah, I can get into this <laughs> shit. And then it just kind of then like those middle episodes, it just got kind of weird, and then it went back to the sci-fi thing, and it kind of touched on some some crazy issues. There was like one. Where the one of the black women could like shape shift and be mm-hmm. like a white woman, you know, and, get, and she was like working and shit like that, and it was it was weird. Yeah. It was weird, but it was watchable. I didn't like how it ended, but it, it was like okay, 
cool. You right. know, uh, Journey Smollett, she was killing them outfits. Somebody said <laughs> she was killing them, them civil rights fashion Nova outfits every episode. <laughs> Not fashion Nova. Yeah. They said she was killing it. But, yeah, that was good. And I like how they, um, you know, they talked about the racism of H.P. Lovecraft because a lot of those uh, those books were very racist that he had. And a lot of those monsters were based off of, you know, non-white people and things like that. Those inspired those monsters. So, yeah, I like how they addressed that. But, um, yeah, and Hippolyta, she was a beast in there. I liked her. She was a great character, too. And, um, yeah, but I didn't feel like, you know, I didn't have too much anxiety watching that because it was sci-fi. You right. know what I'm saying? It was like mystic, mystical creatures and shit like that. Like, it wasn't nothing that, you know, that's really happening or happened in the past. So, right. it was very watchable. Very watchable, and the black folks were the heroes in it. You know, they wouldn't like they weren't As suffering. They should be. Yeah, right. Yeah, they wasn't suffering all through the episode, and then some white person came and saved them. So, oh gosh. yeah, let's not get on that storyline either. Exactly, it's hard. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna wrap that up. So that has been selling hope like damn dope. This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right. So moving on to holding this L, we have to give it to uh, the Bronx native uh, Fat Joe. So Fat Joe was recently on Drink Champs and he had the, uh, what is he, Puerto Rican or Dominican ass uh, audacity to go on Noriega's show on Drink Champs and say that DJ Khaled is the Quincy Jones of hip-hop right now. Mm. I don't know. That, like, on Drink Champs, they drink. That's all they and do. And clearly they must have yeah. been when he said that. Exactly. He had to be drunk off his ass, but he doubled down on the, um, on, uh, was it Instagram or whatever? He was in the comments, you know, defending his statements. And he just, I mean, Quincy Jones... He writes music. He arranges music. And has been doing it for decades. And doing it longer than we've been alive. Right. You know, and worked with and made some of the biggest stars in Motown, pop. I mean, just classical. You know, like, why did you have that audacity? Like, why do you minimize Quincy Jones' uh, expertise, his... uh, masterpieces uh his mastery of songwriting and like actual songwriting like writing notes down you know right. what I'm saying? not just writing lyrics you know like he had to sit down and arranging, compose it yeah arranging music. we're gonna do this d chord yes. and then a d minor chord exactly like, he had to actually write it out yeah so i don't know uh fat joe i mean the, the, the drink must have got to him because someone i read through the article and it said well he's more like the kurt franklin <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, and I can, I, <laughs> I, can, see, I can that. see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you can give somebody there, you know, you can give him his props. You can give DJ Khaled, you know, mm-hmm. let people know he's doing a good job without invoking the name Quincy Jones. Like, yeah. that's not like I get what he was trying to do, mm-hmm. but he wasn't quite well versed enough in what Quincy Jones did and his influence yeah. into music to be able to really make that comparison correctly. Yeah, and so that's why he's holding that L. Yeah, I just yeah. it's just. This man has what twenty eight Grammys, and it's like, like where is, um, where is DJ Khaled's Thriller? Where's his Off the Wall? Right. You know, where's his Bad? You know, I know those all of Michael Jackson's albums, but they were all sprinkled with Quincy Jones's greatness. Right. And it's just like all Khaled does. He doesn't even produce these records. It's like other producers, and he just gets artists to come together and hop on the track. And then he'll say a couple words. Right. Like to me, yeah. To me, it's just like, how do you have the audacity to minimize Quincy Jones's work? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just honestly, it just came off as just straight ignorance. It like did, he probably yeah. didn't even think he was minimizing it. He yeah. really thought he was like giving kudos to both of them. Like, man, uh-huh. you know, the torch. And it's like, well, no, you really have to understand the history of what Quincy Jones did. Yeah. And and the different things that he's accomplished. And so, yeah, he did it to himself. Yeah. I, it's, he did it to himself. Yeah. It's, it's like when have when has, you know, uh, Khaled crossed over to different genres like gospel Right. Blues, it just 
Right. Has he done even soundtracks? Like Quincy yeah. Jones, he got soundtracks. Um, let's see, The Wiz, Color Purple, mm-hmm. Austin Powers. Like, yeah. it just, the list goes on and on and on. 70 years yeah. in the entertainment industry. Killing it. Killing it. But here we are with DJ Khaled. I ain't know who DJ Khaled was like seven years ago. I'm just <laughs> be honest. Yeah. I mean, like, he put together like compilation albums, you know, like just getting different artists to, you know, hey, do this track for me. And, but what, what's uh what i have an issue with with fat joe is just how he doubled down so he was in the comment section on uh, nori's page and he said and i quote all these backseat drivers monday morning quarterbacks always got an opinion but can't do it themselves shit crazy to me the term quincy jones of this time was used in reference to the work Khaled has put in years and years of hit obviously there's only one quincy but fuck it tune in tonight explosive lol but see it, when he said years and years that's mm-hmm. how he should have that should have been like the holy spirit should have came and been like yeah. sir you said years and years quincy jones has done decades exactly. upon decades upon decades exactly i mean something he should have just accept you know it's be humble you know you somebody had to inform you of why this is incorrect he had a great opportunity to be like i see what y'all saying mm-hmm. you know and just kind of educate himself but ego yeah and i think that's what it was was ego so my question that i propose to you is you know did we fuck up with the culture of hip-hop by not gatekeeping it because here you got i don't know what what fat you know i don't know if he's dominican or puerto rican i can't remember he's puerto rican he's puerto rican and then you have Khaled, who's middle eastern i don't Mm -hmm. know what from what region but you have these two non-black folks you know comparing themselves well, comparing to, you know, a black man has done such great things. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I feel like Fat Joe minimized it. But do you think that black folks fucked up by not gatekeeping hip hop, the culture of hip hop? You know, but we're very inclusive people. We are very inclusive. And I think we have to go back because part of us would look, there's a lot of people who be like, you know what, Puerto Ricans and Dominicans are are black even though they're within latino culture right yeah um and so even i can kind of white on their driver's license but. <laughs> but i'm just saying and so we kind of you want to be open and inclusive to it but i think it really comes down to i don't think we could gatekeep it i think okay. we can always have the conversation of this is what the facts are mm-hmm. because it's, we'll always have that issue where people are wanting to try and be black to where it's, yeah. so they can make the money and see it commercialized. Yeah. You know, once uh-huh. it once it once it pays to be black, you want to be black. You want to talk about black culture. Uh-huh. But at the same time, we need to make sure that if you're gonna be in this culture. We're gonna we're gonna expect you to have a clear understanding of what what you're saying means. Mm-hmm. And so when you make the comparison that Quincy Jones and DJ Khaled are in the same nah. Yeah. And so he should have accepted the feedback, mm-hmm. you know, the information to say that that's not the same. We see where you were going, but mm-hmm. let's really talk about what Quincy Jones did do. Mm-hmm. And so even if he couldn't apologize, you know, even if whatever was in it, something should have been like, you know what, Quincy Jones has done this, 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 and this. Yeah. And to say, you know what, I see what y'all saying, and that is a living legend right there, and I think Khaled is doing good work. You know, he could have said something to that effect, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, I don't know if we can gatekeep it, but we can definitely continue to hold people accountable yeah. that are coming in, and, you know, if you want to be a part of the art, you want to do the work, you want to be a part of that genre, you need to understand what it is that you're saying and how what the implications of it are, and so I'm glad they called him out. Yeah. Um, you obviously see how well he's open to that information. <laughs> right. So, right. you know, but I don't hear Fat Joe's name very often. I haven't heard of or about him since all the way up. Yeah, and that was twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then he did he had his episode, his um his character on what was it? I don't even know. Uh Spike Lee's reboot. She's gotta have it. Oh, I didn't watch that. Oh, you should watch it. It's, it's, it's good. It's okay. Good. Yeah, okay. It's good. Shout out to Black Liberation, Black Women Sexual Liberation. Okay. Ho all day. <laughs> there Ho we all go. Night. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of conflicted. I just there's no, like you said, there's no accountability. You know, in hip hop, you know, there's 
so many people that run around hip-hop just wilding out and just saying some of the craziest shit and then it's just like well that's that nigga over there you know it's that that kind yeah, of yeah we feeling. don't fool with him yeah yeah we yeah. don't fool with him but at the same time it's just like it's tainting the culture of hip-hop and um hip-hop is black american culture but it, you know we're just so inclusive that you know i think it got to that point where fat joe was just that comfortable mm-hmm. to say that you know just out in the open you know compare somebody's hard work decades of hard work to somebody's you know years of work you yeah. know what i'm saying so right it years just felt like and a, years yeah that right there see yeah. that's so sad yeah. couldn't even catch his own mistake Come exactly on. exactly so uh fat joe uh dj Khaled, like y'all gotta hold this hold the get your mans you win perfect All right, so moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes, we have to give it to this 10-year-old chess prodigy. Uh, This brother is Tana Talua, Tani, that's his nickname, Adawumi. He recently won the title of National Chess Master. And what's so crazy about this is um, he was actually, his family was living in a homeless shelter after they was uh, fleeing uh, Boko Haram, that terrorist group in Nigeria. So they came over here living in a homeless shelter. And three years later, this brother is one of the U.S.'s youngest chess masters. The 28th youngest. 28th, yeah. Chess masters. I don't, so chess is a hard-ass game. Uh-huh. My son knows how to play. He plays it with his grandparents all the time. Oh, that's what's up. And they be flipping boards between <laughs> him and my mom. Yeah. <laughs> My mom be like, no, you didn't play that right. He'd be like, banana, look. And it is such a, it is a calming, soothing game. And so, because it's so cerebral, you really have to think your way through it. And so I can imagine whatever stress this child was having to go through to, to be able to master chess, I feel like it probably has some sort of, like, soothing, coping mechanism to it. And so to see that he mastered this, that while going through all that and has been able to kind of bring things back around to his family i think they found the story he two years ago yeah he was the new york state champion Mm -hmm. uh chess champion and so um he somebody did a gofundme and was able to get them out of the shelter and then they created a foundation to try and help other immigrants that Mm -hmm. came or excuse me um yeah other african immigrants who were coming over to the u.s so yeah true hero yeah. Yeah. Like little dude, little heroes. Yeah. So I ho- hopefully that that breaks some bread for his family. And I see that um, Trevor Noah is going to produce a film about the uh, about Tani's journey to becoming a chess master. So that's crazy. Just, just ten years old. And the thing is, this is probably doing because he loves it. Yeah, absolutely. To be great at something that you love mm-hmm. is, I feel like not a lot of people have the opportunity to experience that. So for him to do it at ten, yeah, he's 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 blessed. Yeah. He's a blessed hero. Bless it. Yeah. Tiny. Yeah, bless his heart. So let's see here. Let me just go ahead and jump on over into health over wealth. And you know what I say: without your health, you cannot enjoy your wealth. So this quote comes from uh, Dr. Michael Beckwith, and it says, if you don't do you, you won't be done. So again, if you don't do you, you won't be done. So how do you interpret that? You know, authenticity. Yeah. You just got to be authentic to yourself and do the things that drive you. I think we were talking about it on the break, um, about, you know, hustle culture. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not good, it's not bad. It's only bad if it comes to a detriment. But you got those people who... Like, it's just in them to hustle, right? They're yeah. authentic to that. Mm-hmm. They wake up every day. It's it's what motivates them and keeps them going. But mm-hmm. then there's also those of us, mm-hmm. me, perhaps you, yeah. who are, we're pleased with that eight to five. That our yeah. authentic self is like, let me get everything taken care of. And mm-hmm. in this downtime, I'm going to live life to the fullest. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, and I'm, and maybe it's just my age where I am. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of us are trying to find that our authentic selves. You hear about it, it's kind of a buzzword, but it's like, who am I? What do I love? What can I get up and do every day? Mm-hmm. And and not feel like we need to go one way or the other, right? Yeah. If you find your passion and you, you find the thing that you want to do and you love it and you're doing it 23 hours a day, 
then you are just as amazing as the person who was like, my passion is travel, and so I work so mm-hmm. I can travel extensively. Yeah. And so making sure that you're just true to yourself, like, because mm-hmm. if you're not, you're always going to be looking for something, something else to try and complete that. Know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's how I took it also. And um, one thing is, you know, don't dim your light so that others can feel comfortable. That's, right. that's the one thing, uh, like you said, just being your authentic self and don't shrink, you know, I, but have you ever been in a situation, you know, coming into the person that you are now that, you know, some past situations where you dimmed your light so people around you felt a little bit more comfortable? Oh, yeah. yeah. So many times. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And it was hard because, mm-hmm. of, you know, I just have a physical presence. Mm-hmm. One, like I'm 5'10", mm-hmm. big black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I don't even say anything, yeah, I'm noticed. Mm-hmm. And so there's been, I've been, especially professional settings where I've yeah. had to try and soften what I think or what I feel or my opinion or my input about different directions that things might have to go into to not offend others. Yeah. And... I, I wish I never have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't anymore. Yeah. I won't. I I will not code switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I will define things for you if you don't understand what I'm saying. But yeah. who I am, how I am, it shows up very fully now. Mm-hmm. I've reached a certain age. Mm-hmm. Um, that and then I know my work that I've done should kind of speak for me. So mm-hmm. I'm not too concerned about if you think I'm too overwhelming. You know, am yeah. I here? Did I get the job done? Mm-hmm. Um, did was my presence there helpful to whatever experience, whether it's professional or not professional? Yeah. Um, was my presence there helpful? If not, then maybe I don't need to be there because I'm still going to bring all of me to it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, it is just it's too stressful to shrink yourself. It yeah. is, it, you know, just to make try to make somebody feel comfortable. And as for me, I just I kind of learned it a little bit early on, probably about 10 years ago, um, just being in, uh, you know, a corporate setting, being a, you know, a, a warehouse manager. And you had to like dress up and, you know, I was, you know, business attire and things like that collared shirts and things like that had to you know put makeup on my tattoos and shit like that and um it was just one of them things where you know just my presence alone intimidated other managers and supervisors and things like that when we had like big corporate meetings and things like that and i'm not you know i'm not you know being overly uh what's the word that they use now they don't call you like an angry black man or black woman they say that you're passionate um. yeah that's 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 the term that they use but i'm i'm not one of those people but it's just my presence you know just being you know six one, two hundred ninety pounds you know just this is a big ass dude and you just kind of felt like you know you had to play the background but then it was just like fuck that like right. it just it just came to a point where i was just like fuck that i'm uncomfortable let me just be my genuine self because that's on you that you're you intimidated don't. yeah right. if you don't especially it, if yeah. i'm just being right yeah if, if i'm just i'm just existing exactly and you're intimidated by me and i that's that's not my issue exactly and that it that's one 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 once you realize that that's like one of the most freeing things mm-hmm. as a black person you know just to be your authentic self and I'm not saying like going up in the boardroom acting a plum fool and shit like that, like you hanging out with your friends, but just to be genuinely you and walk in your truth. Right. Like that's one of the most freeing things. And there's a brother who um, who at my job, he's a high up sales manager. Brother's making like six figures. And he was talking about how he feels like he has to do it. Like he's a little bit younger than, than us. He's like, I think he's like early thirties or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, he was talking about how on his review, they called him passionate. Mm-hmm. You know, they put that on there. He's a, he's, a, he's very passionate. Now this is a guy who, who's just, he just dresses fly every single day. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's himself. You right. know what I'm saying? Like when we're talking, you know, we ain't code switching. It ain't nothing. It's just like, you just talking with the homie, your, your friend or whatever. And he's just talking about how stressful it is, you know, being the only black face, being in such a high position. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just told him, you just got to stay true to yourself. You can't shrink yourself, you know, in these meetings and things like that, because you're, your department is one of the top selling uh, in the district, in the whole Midwest district. It's not just Nebraska. You know what I'm saying? And right. You're doing great things, and the results are showing it. They ain't going to miss out on that money. You know what I'm saying? Right. So just keep doing you. And I and I, I felt like that was more comforting for him. 
And um, so I try to check up on them, you know, uh, when I see him in the offices on like Mondays and Wednesdays and things like that, just check in on him to make sure that he's doing okay and things like that. And since we had that talk back in, uh, this was probably, um, I think it was like November, like he's just, he seems more, you know, in his zone, mm-hmm. he seems more, you know, comfortable and things like that. So, um, I, like I said, it's just one of the most freeing things to just be authentically you, you know, and we have to stop, black folks as a whole, we have to stop making people feel comfortable by us being uncomfortable. Right. You know and saying? we tend to attract, when you're your yeah. authentic self, you're going to attract all the right things to you. Exactly. Either way. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so being confident. I'm glad you gave him some words of wisdom. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. He younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me come let me come to you, young buck. Let right. Let me talk to your OG real quick. Let me, let me, let me put some game on you. Put your light on, young man. Exactly. Yeah, but I'm like this. Like it's crazy to think, you know, you got a guy here making, you know, six figures, just catching this hell, and it's just like, you know, like, like, bro, get this money, but be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like, either way, he he's still on top. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like I said, he, he's more calm. You know, when I see him and talk to him, it's it's no more complaining about the job. It's just more like, man, we doing this, we doing that. You know, and then uh, just. Just shooting the shit and things are going good. So that's that's just dope to me. So don't dim your light. Yeah, exactly. Don't dim it at all. So this has been episode 186 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Um, what you got going on so far in your life? Like, what's next for So Sassy? You know, So Sassy said she was gonna bring back her Be Sassy podcast. However, yeah. look, she's speaking in third person. <laughs> I said I would bring it back if I could find my red glasses mm-hmm. that I like to wear. Yeah. So far, I cannot find them. So I'm, I'm trying to trust the universe. Uh-huh. It's telling me to hold on. Yeah. Uh, my co-host just came back, Nick. Oh, Wickham. good. He's out doing great things at the Rose Theater. Okay. Um, also doing some work at Blue Barn. So shout out to Nick. Okay. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. This was kind of my test. This is my pre-post-pandemic yeah. emerging of what the hell am I going to do for the next yeah, <laughs> few yeah. years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, just trying to get my mind right again. Probably come back. I'll probably message you and be like, hey, what's the next podcast so I can come by yeah, you? Absolutely. It. Absolutely. And I think for this podcast, what I really want to do is um since this basement area is looking a lot better um i think i want to start filming it you know what i'm saying like, we'll say yeah, less yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah say less. We'll yeah. Get yeah so i think i want to I'm, I'm playing around with um like video editing software and i really would like to you know post clips of you know just you know uh, shooting the shit do like behind the scenes type things and uh just let the people know what's actually going on because i've been kind of sporadic with the podcast just because fatherhood has been whooping my ass you know what i'm saying <laughs> like your off days like all all i'm doing is just in daddy mode that's it you know so You're just starting just kidding. exactly <laughs> exactly so this is like the toughest thing uh to do but i just i like i, I really want to take on this new challenge because i feel like you know the audio thing is is great but uh let's give the people some visuals you know give us, make it live for yeah, yeah 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 and you've been doing it for a while it's been some years isn't it Three? yeah no it's been actually i think six because you started yeah. before i even knew about it yeah yeah 2015 yeah. yeah 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 it was like around mother's day in 2015 yeah and it's we're creeping up on like 200 episodes but yeah it's yeah it's about to be your year yeah it is it is and it's it just it feels good feels really good and uh I'm you just, love it that's the thing yeah, that's I the do. thing i, I can do. tell yeah, like you yeah, really yeah. love doing yeah, this yeah, yeah i do i do and uh, i'm just grateful to have people like you um the homie brandon you know to always you know just checking in like hey you want to kind of hop on and so i'm working out a time with him to get him on here and yeah just making it do what it do so yeah i'm, I'm grateful for everybody you know so. word well, I'll be back. You just tell me when. I'm going to get my face together. Yeah, yeah. So, so the peoples can see me. Hey, yeah, peoples. so I'm, I'm working. Like, I got a homie. Like, my like I talked about uh, the homie Julio. So I've been talking to him about, you know, video editing. Because he used to be a cameraman for KETV. So, okay. yeah. So hopefully I, he can give me some more pointers and things like that. And I've been just watching YouTube tutorials and things like that. And I bought a little camera. 
I think it shoots in 1080p, so it, it should. So we should be looking nice and right, you know. So, All right. Yeah. Well, I'm like I said, I'm just hey, just message me. Okay? Yeah, just absolutely. Give me enough time to put my face together. Get yeah. A nice little cute outfit from the waist up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but no, it'll be good. This will be fun. Yeah. This will be fun. Let exactly. me come back. Let me exactly. come back, Ado. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna be back. So this has been episode 186 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. And as always, you know, I love y'all and I appreciate y'all. And uh, so y'all, yeah, y'all got two episodes this week because I already recorded 185. So I just got to do some editing. So I will see y'all next week. All right. Peace.